0: strategies and interviews that will accelerate your
1: personal and business success. And now, here's your host,
0: Dr Jo North.
1: Hi there, welcome. We are talking about scenario planning. I'm going to explain what it is. We're going to kick off with that and how it's useful. I'll give you some ways of using scenario planning and some of the insights it can give you and help you turn the theory into practice. So hopefully something that you can use and some tools and processes as well. So let's get started then. Scenario planning, what is it? Well, essentially it means creating different scenarios, different narratives, different views, versions about what the future could possibly look like. And each is based on different assumptions, different variables, different factors. So it's thinking about you know, which way could the future go, because it's not likely that we're going to get it right. You know, it's hard to try and predict it, isn't it? And it's hard to try and specifically forecast it. So what scenario planning does is it enables you to think about a number of potential scenarios that could be reasonably probable so that you can get ahead and plan for them. So it's not like traditional forecasting, which is using the past to create a pretty much a straight line, build in some new things that we know and create a single trajectory into the future. This is about being more agile and more responsive than that. So I hope that's okay as a definition, that's all it is. Sometimes you'll hear it referred to as scenario analysis. Essentially, scenario analysis is the bit that you do up front, and then the planning is how you choose to use that analysis, the actions you're going to put in place as a result of doing it. So ways you can use it, times you can use it. You can use it externally to think about external scenarios, things that are going to change in your external environment outside your organization so that could be to think about different competitor scenarios or changes to the economy you know society all of those sorts of things and also you can use scenario planning to think about well what if we did this differently inside the organization inside the business what would that create what sort of future might that look like so you can use scenario planning things like sustainable innovation development when you're thinking about doing something new creating something new for strategic decision making of course I think that's what scenario planning is most often associated with for market analysis so what if we invested lots of money in this market in this geography and less money over here what would that do to the business, or what if we really thought about this type of consumer versus that, or this type of B2B client versus that one. So so it's things like that. Product process planning, and also used quite frequently, of course, for operations and contingency planning. So this is about what if scenarios, you know, what if this were to go wrong? What What are some of the risks that we might encounter and how might we mitigate or plan for those risks. Just to stop and summarize then, scenario planning is just about creating a number of alternative probable scenarios that could well happen in the future. And then you're using those to strengthen your business for things like planning your strategy, developing new products, services, innovations, and thinking about how you can strengthen the resilience of your business, those sorts of things. Now, we can't talk about scenario planning, I don't think, without mentioning Shell. Shell are renowned really for, for many things, um, but from a scenario planning perspective, they've been doing this since the 1970s. There was a massively quickly changing volatile energy market and there were lots of oil shocks, geopolitical tensions arising as a result of that. So Shell was saying, OK, well, what if it could go this way or that way and creating these different pictures so that they could plan accordingly. This is all about planning to be agile. We call it dynamic capability, you know, where you're building that agility into your business model. And Shell carries on, still uses scenario planning today for all sorts of things like energy markets, energy security, and so on. And I love this quote. They say that their work stretches minds, confronts assumptions, and helps people think differently about the world around them. And that's the whole point of scenario planning. It's not about getting a crystal ball and accurately predicting the future. If we could all do that, you know, we'd all be lottery winners, wouldn't we? And it's really about stretching your thinking, driving innovation. And making sure that your business is moving forward in the way it needs to based on how the world is going. And Shell themselves say our scenarios are not predictions about the future. We do not have a crystal ball and they are not Shell strategy. So the scenarios themselves are not strategy The scenarios inform the strategy. So I think that's important and it's really interesting. And why do scenario planning and why do it for your business? Because I think this is really useful. Whether you are a solopreneur, whether you're in a a big public sector organization, maybe a corporate or a startup, you can use scenario planning to really strengthen your business and help your business grow faster. It helps you to anticipate change, manage risk, stay resilient pick up opportunities that others might be missing. It helps you with stakeholder engagement because as we'll go on to find out, it's really important to engage key stakeholders in your scenario planning process. It helps you work out what resources you're going to need and how you're going to manage them. It makes you think about any regulation, legal changes that are coming up and get ready for those. And it gives you competitive advantage. Essentially, to survive and do well, every business needs to stay relevant and stay ready. And that's what scenario planning helps you to do. The thing about it is that it's a great combination of data and human insight, human experience and human creativity. And scenarios are this combination of facts and perceptions. So when you're doing scenario planning, that can be challenging, but you need diversity of people, diversity of perspectives, great stakeholder engagement, so that you can get lots of different points of view to inform your thinking and think about three horizons this seems obvious when you say it but we don't often think of it like this and actually when you start to break it down what i'm about to say starts to get really quite interesting and thought provoking i think if you think of things in the future in three horizons so horizon 1 is today it's business as usual and Business as usual today will eventually be superseded by new ways of doing things. And then we think about horizon three. So, yes, I know I've missed horizon two, but we're going to go to horizon three next. And horizon three is the long term successor of business as usual. So it's the future, right? It's the future that's a bit it's quite a bit further off. And in between those, we've got horizon two, which is the transition from what we're doing today, the business as usual today, to the future tomorrow. Yes, that's that's really obvious. That's really straightforward, isn't it? But when we start to think about that and break it down some more, horizon one is interesting because Sometimes some of our activities in Horizon 2, which is the transition time, you know, things are changing. The world is changing all around us. Look at AI, look at geopolitical change, climate change. You know, I could keep going. So the world is changing. But sometimes businesses spend too much time in Horizon 2 trying to protect business as usual today instead of actually using their opportunity to build forward and move into what the new future looks like. When we're thinking about scenario planning, we are really picking up on what's likely to happen in scenarios to get us to horizon two and beyond to horizon three. And then we can start creating our own horizon two. So think about horizon three and think about what that means in terms of what might be coming next en route to getting there. And of course, this is always changing and it's always emergent. And people who have a horizon three mindset and are, are moving forward towards that and always staying current and relevant in their businesses are the ones that generally succeed. And if you want to know more about these three horizons, there's lots. There's lots more. Have a look at the International Futures Forum. Just Google that for three horizons, and there's loads of good resources there for you. If that's something you want to pursue, because of course the further out we look into the future, as the futures cone shows us, if you're familiar with that model, we think we've got sort of almost like a straight line into this projected future. But as we've been finding out over recent years, haven't we, more so than ever, that projected future is quite something. It's, it's, it's unlikely to be that nice straight line. There are different versions of, of potential futures. And what scenario planning does is it helps you to work through what some of those more plausible, possible and probable scenarios might look like and how your business can deal with them. And of course, you need to be looking all the time at what are the key drivers of change in your business, in your environment, in your markets, with your customers, with your competitors, and thinking about how political, economic, social, technological, environmental and legal changes are driving those different scenarios. Now, have a look at, I've got a video and resources on horizon scanning on the Big Bang Partnership YouTube channel. So have a look at that if you want to go into that in a bit more depth. So when we're thinking about horizon scanning, so what we need to do in the group is make sure that this key driver analysis is happening. So get them to think about what are the changes that they're seeing and, and are thinking will be really important in terms of creating challenges or opportunities for the business in the next three, five, maybe 10 years or longer. I find that three to five years, particularly you like know, five years max, in general, is a time frame that most people can sort of get their heads around. Depends what sector you're in. Sometimes you'll need to do longer than that, and sometimes five years is too far out. So pick the one that's right for you, and get these down. Think about what these changes are, and be really clear about them. And any data that you've got, any information, reports, evidence, insight, stakeholder feedback use that as well. So so start with what's going on in the world and then start to play around with scenarios by developing some what-if questions. And this is what scenario planning is all about, really. It's saying, well, what if this happened? And what what if this occurred? And what if the world went in this direction? Some good prompts that you can use, and these are suggestions, you don't need to use all of them, maybe pick one or two approaches that resonate with you, are thinking about future headlines. So what might the future headline be in you know this time, in five years' time, in three years' time, what might we be talking about? What might the media be saying? What might be the big themes trending on social media? If indeed there is such a thing as social media in 10 or 15 years, who knows, right? Another thing you can do is to think about, ask your team or think about yourself, your key customers, your most important customers right now, and the ones you want to stay with, build with, and grow with. What are their trajectories? Where are they thinking that their own businesses are going to head? And what does that mean for them? And therefore, what does that mean for you in terms of how you might need to support them and how you might need to change and evolve to help your customers do that? Thinking about your key customer trajectories is important and is a really good way in. Another alternative is to do a pre-mortem analysis, which is thinking about, well, you know, if we're not here in 5 years or if we're struggling, you know, what might the reasons for that be? And you think about the reasons for that and and then work backwards and say, well, okay, so here are some things then that we need to tackle now in order to avoid that. So that that reverse thinking drives out ideas in a different way. You can do trend exchange, so you you get people to think about different trends that they can see emerging and that, that they think are going to be important and then come up with a number of what-if questions around trends. And you can also use game theory principles. So what do I mean by game theory? Well, essentially, that's thinking about the world that you're in as different players that have interdependencies and they're making moves according to what goes on around them so that competitor might put up a price or that raw material you know might be less available And what's well how's that going to change the shape of everything and how might people respond so that could be a really interesting way of driving out some good scenario insights for you to work with and you can think about that for collaborators and competitors and what they might be thinking about doing in the future as well. Now, if you're thinking about what if questions for your scenario planning, and you you can do them with the groups, as we've just said, you can also either do this on your own or get groups to do this too. And that's ask AI to generate some ideas and possible scenarios for you. Chat GPT, you know, chat to it. Um, it It is a chat thing, isn't it? So I just asked it, for instance, please give three potential scenarios based on real data for the usage of alternative clean fuels in UK homes over the next five to 10 years, right? And it's given me three scenarios. It gave me scenario one, accelerated adoption of electric heat pumps. Scenario two, emergence of hydrogen blends in gas networks. Scenario three, growth in biomass energy utilisation. And there's an explanation there as to why it's given each of these scenarios, So the background, the development, the outcome, along with some data. Now, I'm not saying that you should think these scenarios are well informed or correct. Please do not do that. Please don't rely on this stuff. But it's just really useful to give you some ideas. And maybe you could get your groups doing this as well, using AI prompts and then talking about the scenarios and using them. Okay. so to think about scenarios for scenario planning, we've got asking what-if questions in groups in a workshop environment, things like future headlines, key customer trajectories, pre-mortem analysis, trend exchange, game theory principles. And maybe you could weave in a bit of AI and you could combine the two. You could use some of the other techniques with putting them into an AI and seeing what pops out to challenge your thinking even further. And out of that, out of all of that, you're going to have lots and lots of stuff and then it's about starting to converge and bring it all in and thinking about what is the most realistic scenario in your view, based on the information that you have and all, in, all information, you know, you're never going to have enough information to know for sure, but based on the best you can do in the time available, what's the most realistic scenario and get that written down. What's the worst case scenario, the most pessimistic that you think is still realistic You've got the realistic, the one you think you're going to have, and then pessimistic, which is a sensible pessimistic, and then a sensible optimistic. So you've got three different scenarios there to work to. And what that does is it gives you sort of a range. It gives you a bandwidth to operate within. So when you're thinking about your financial planning, the resources you need, how many you're going to have to make of something, all of those things, you can start to get arranged to say well this is we think this looks like the top end this looks like the bottom end we think it's really going to be somewhere you know in the middle round about here but then you can decide well, can you tolerate the worst case and could would you be able to manage the the demand and everything else that comes with the most optimistic case and, and you can play tunes on that accordingly do keep it practical keep it pragmatic less is more and focus on the ones that are going to have the biggest impact on your business should they occur and that you are you know medium to high level of certainty that they could actually occur and then simply get your scenarios all written up and I suggest that you use a template I have a a template which is the scenario name so just give it a title the scenario type is it one about resilience is it something about innovation a description of the scenario so all the things that you've assumed the data insights that you've collated not all of them but the summary of all of those and and then get into the implications of this scenario on your organization Um, what it will mean on any projects or key projects that you're running what's driving and causing this scenario to take place so what do I mean by that Let's say you've got a, a scenario where there is a you know a decline in demand for, for your product. Drivers and causes of that scenario could be there's a shortage of, of raw materials. It could be that technology changes and makes your product less attractive or any of those things and more. So get those down and also get down the probability that this scenario will happen. Is that a high probability or is it a low probability and, and why? Hopefully it's medium to high, otherwise you wouldn't be writing your template up. And then what's really, really important is to get in there the summary of your key insights and actions. Essentially, this means, so what are you gonna do about it then? What are you gonna do now to start to get ready should this scenario occur? And that's what you're going to do now, could simply be you're gonna keep an eye on it. Yeah, You're gonna watch it really, really closely and see how it develops. Or it could be that you're so confident that there's something in this scenario that you start to invest a bit of time resource and effort and, and head, make some headway in getting ready for that scenario but I would have a number of these templates completed for different scenarios around for your business and don't forget you want your optimistic version the realistic version and the pessimistic version of each of these okay so you should have a number of these and then you'd think that's job done, wouldn't you? You have thought about your what-if questions and about what's going on in the world and what's likely to happen and how it might impact you and then created these scenario summaries. But actually, it's not quite there because for scenario planning to be meaningful and not a set of documents with a few actions attached that you start to move forward and then get into business as usual and all the scenario planning falls by the wayside, you need to be constantly scanning and updating your scenario plans. Set up a monitoring system, so a team or a person or someone who's going to put the handle to go, yeah, I'll do that, and maybe it's spread across different people. Somebody's going to monitor the changes in tech. Somebody else is going to monitor changes in energy or whatever it is and track what's going on in the scenarios and be be clear about what might trigger a change you know what what might change the scenario up is it an increase in price or availability or something like that it's good if you can actually bring this analysis together in one place and have all your information together so that you can see for each scenario what's going on with it and where it's is it going in the way that you expected it to Or is it doing something different? Identify trigger points. So think about what events, trends or data points mean that you actually, you're going to have to update the scenario. It's going in a different direction. could be better or worse, but it's going in a different direction from what you thought. And and regularly review it. So to put some time in, it could be every month or six months or year, depends on your, your business to make sure they're still relevant keep stakeholders informed, keep close to stakeholders and use the intelligence that you get from your connection with different stakeholders to to get information and insight of what they're seeing in this space as well. Keep revising them and make sure that any changes to your scenarios and changes to action plans are well communicated and understood. Now, if I'm running a scenario planning workshop, I get people to think about what they're going to do with the scenarios and, and how they're going to manage them beyond the workshop. Right. So I do encourage you to do that as well. Don't create the scenarios and then go, OK, so what are we going to do with these then? Build this in to what you're doing so that you have a really holistic view. And it feels like something that you're not just doing one off you know, now and again and checking in but that you are committing to constantly staying relevant, constantly stay, staying updated and making sure that your business has the right dynamic capability to do well whatever you know whatever the scenario is that materializes in the real world. So, I hope that's helpful. I just want to say a couple of things about digital twins because digital twins are amazing tools that can do a lot of scenario planning using AI, tech, big data, and, you know it's not for everyone and every situation, every business, but just to say that these are you know really useful if you've got really really big projects or big things that you're looking at, digital twins can be well worth that investment. Probably not for smaller things you know for, for small businesses it depends really and have to you'll have to have a look at it. but a digital twin essentially is a physical asset or environment replicated virtually. And it's constantly updated with data from its physical twin. So there's a physical version, you know, the real version, and there's a digital replica of that. The digital replica is constantly getting data from the real thing. And what it's doing that is it's analyzing what's happening, monitoring, run it, and you can run simulations. So you could ask it lots of what if scenarios, and it will uh, work through those scenarios and help you with the likely outcomes of them. It means you can do things virtually without having to do them in the real world. And you can learn from doing them virtually before you do them in the real world and get really good insight from them. And it's probably, the, well, it is the subject of a separate show. And, and uh, I'll do that um, in, another, in another session in the future. But this is really growing. It's the market for digital twins is already over $5 billion, US dollars, and it's ex- expected to be worth Ninety-five billion dollars by twenty thirty-three. So that's um, quite a growth rate, you know. So, look, scenario planning, thinking about this volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous world that we are in, and managing through that and navigating through that is really a key business skill. Whether you are an entrepreneur in a small business in a startup. And whether you're a solopreneur, a public sector organisation, or a big corporate or a university, you know, then then these things really do matter. I know it's probably a little bit more complex and in-depth than normal, as I've said, but I, I hope it's been useful nevertheless. I hope that you enjoyed it. Go over to bigbankpartnership.co.uk slash resources for lots of free stuff. Bye for now.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joan. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next time.